Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Okay, so in case you didn't know already, you have the power to change the trajectory of your life. Maybe you woke up today and you weren't happy with your career or that great business idea you started, it just isn't reaching its potential. Or maybe you're frustrated with a decision you made with your money and you don't know how to fix it. The good news is you can make a conscious decision to change right now. And my guest today, Natalie Bacon, is sharing her story of the power of change from not one, but two lucrative careers to chase after her entrepreneurial dreams and design her own dream life. I'm Shauna Compton Game. This is Millennial Money. And today we're talking master your mindset and make money doing what you love with Natalie Bacon. Millennial Money with Shauna Compton Game. It will expand your brain. So I hope you're not bummed, but there's no Ask Shauna in today's episode because I wanted to do a whole episode and really pull together a lot of the questions in one episode 
We've got so many amazing questions that are rolling in. I can tell that you're all thinking about the end of the year and the beginning of the year and your money and setting goals. So I'm, I'm super excited to bring you those episodes in the next couple of weeks. But today's episode is a gem, and I know you're going to love it. Natalie and I are like peas and carrots, not literally, of course, but we share a very similar story. So Natalie started out as a lawyer, then she turned a certified financial planner, then she decided she wanted to take her skills and launch her own entrepreneur career and start a business where she helps others design their dream life. Sounds easy, right? And yet there were so many people in her life that looked at her a little strange for wanting to walk away from these traditional lucrative careers. I've certainly had that own experience myself. And I've shared my own story on the podcast. I was riding down the extremely crowded 405 freeway in Los Angeles one day during the summer between my freshman and sophomore years in college. And I just had this crazy idea to start what was at the time the first National Student Film Festival. But I knew nothing about running a business, literally nothing. I had babysit up until that point, and I had maybe had a few lemonade stands, you know, the normal kid stuff. But it probably was a good thing that I actually didn't know everything about running a business because I was completely fearless. So I went back to school. I started a nonprofit, a legitimate nonprofit, and we set off raising more than $100,000 our first year. And I was 19, and I had no idea what I was doing, but I had this idea, and I went for it. And a couple of friends that I had in college, I don't know what it was, but they said there was something about my vision and my idea that was just infectious, and they didn't know what they were doing either, but they wanted to be along for the ride. So I ran Hometown Cinema, that's what it was called, for five years through college. I made a salary, a really good salary, while going to school so I didn't have to work their traditional restaurant jobs or be a waitress, anything like that. And I raised over $150,000 each year after that initial year, brought guests from the entertainment industry out to Indiana University, and Mind you, this is in Bloomington, Indiana. It's about an hour south of Indianapolis. There are fields and rolling hills all the way down to Bloomington, but it is completely a college town. Like everything that you would expect from a quintessential college town is Bloomington. And I loved it. It was artsy and funky and there were great restaurants and it had a town square, which I loved being from Los Angeles. And the the buildings at, at IU, they they looked very Ivy League. It has this feel and this, this stature about it. But one of my favorite stories was from a guest that we brought out. His name was Shane Black. And in case you don't know him, he wrote Lethal Weapon, Along Kiss Goodnight, Iron Man 3, The Nice Guys, The Boy Scout, and so many more. This guy is a legend in writing amazing movies. But we could barely get him on the plane to come to Bloomington for the festival. And when he got there and he saw what we had created, these crazy college students with this vision, he just didn't want to go home. It was actually hard to get him back on the plane to go home. And I, I never imagined that he would have this metamorphosis, but so many of the guests 
did, particularly the ones who had never been to Bloomington and who probably honestly underestimated what a group of college students and certainly myself, because I would have to call all these people and a lot of them were big wigs in the entertainment industry and I would have to convince them to come out and that this was going to be a really cool event, that this was going to be like a legitimate film festival and it wasn't going to be like some crazy college production. But that made me so happy and and stories like that just infused inside of me. And I, I remember those stories today. And in fact, that was the time really when I honed all of my crazy exotic budgeting skills and being super resourceful. Everything that I bring to the podcast, I think I really learned back then. I just didn't know it at the time because I was so young. I didn't understand what these skills were. But now looking back on it, I'm so happy I did because that's all the stuff that I I bring to you. So over five years, 180 kids got jobs and internships in the entertainment industry. Many of them now are actors, writers, editors, agents, directors, you name it. And then I sold it to a Hollywood producer whose firm actually bought the festival. And it was all because I had this, this crazy idea and I went for it and I it's hard for me to say I wasn't scared because there were a lot of moments when I was really scared. There were moments coming up to the festival where we didn't have all the money coming in yet and I'm trying to go to school and I'm trying to put all this together and times when we're trying to convince people to come and we didn't know if guests were coming or not coming and then the whole thing about are people actually going to show up to the festival? I mean, there were so many moments of stress and anxiety, but I just kept going because I had this idea and I had this vision and I thought, you know what, if I want to stand out at that time, I thought I wanted to be a Hollywood producer. So I thought if I want to stand out and I'm young and I'm a girl, I have to do something different and unique. And so that was my thing. But my point is, you don't have to have a story like mine or a vision like this, but you need a vision. You need goals. You need direction. And you need somebody to breathe into you and tell you that you can absolutely master your mindset and make money doing what you love. And you can absolutely change the direction of your life, even if it's a small thing that you really want to work on where you just can't figure out how to get over student loans or maybe you can't figure out how to save to buy your first home or maybe you're arguing about money with your spouse or your partner or maybe you have this big vision and you just don't know how in the world do I actually achieve it. So I wanted to find out from Natalie, how did she do it and what powerful advice does she have to share with you? Natalie, I am so excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. You know, I wanted to start out, it's it's kind of cliche to say, but is the advice follow your passion and money will follow, is that still good advice? Are we believing something that, that isn't accurate? I think that the answer to this question is more complex than people give it credit. Because I think on the one hand, yes, you do need to be aligned with what you're doing. And that's that passion part. But then on the other hand, doing what you love does not mean that the money necessarily follows. So I like to picture this Venn diagram where you have like all your passion in one circle, and then all the ways you can make money in another. And that overlap is where you want to focus your energy where you can be totally aligned and feel on purpose with your 
passion and also making money. Yeah, that's such great advice because I mean, there's certainly things that I'm super passionate about, but I know like, okay, I love to cook, but I'm I'm most likely not going to be a chef and own a restaurant. So probably shouldn't follow that passion. And I would imagine for all of us, we kind of have those those outlying passions. But you're right, like finding the thing like, okay, that I'm really good at, but I could also potentially or I'm already making money at that's such good advice. Yeah, that's what I've done. And it's worked out well, because like you, I have areas of my life where, you know, I once thought about being a closet organizer. (laughs) (laughs) Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, no, there's nothing wrong with anything. You know, do you want to do do what you want to do, but just you have to keep in mind what your expectations for money are, and then how that aligns with what the market will give you in terms of value. Right. And be realistic. Right. You know, uh, we share a very similar story, which is, I think, one of the reasons why I was so looking forward to chatting with you. You're an attorney turned CFP, and now you're a business owner and a coach. And I I imagine, much like myself, you might have had this time where you were really searching for the right fit for your skills, your creativity, all of that kind of basket of goodies that you have. What was it like for you to walk away from these really establish careers and and forge your own path? Did people look at you and say like, what are you doing? Or how did you even make that transition? Yeah, interesting question, because I think the people in my life had more concerns for me, and were more concerned about what I was doing than I was. So of course, I had, you know, all the feels where I was um, extremely fearful and nervous every time. But all of those nerves kind of came up after I had already made the decision. For me, I've always been a very, very future focused. And something that I've learned from he's like a business coach um, to high up entrepreneurs. And I've just listened to his podcast. It's Dan Sullivan. And he taught a concept about um, the difference between freedom from and freedom to. So a lot of people can identify what they want freedom from like, oh, I hate my job. I hate, you know, this you know, cube life or whatever it is, but they don't necessarily know how to identify what they are going towards, like the freedom to that's usually harder. And for me, yeah, right, like, let that sit in for a minute. And when you can kind of uh, break it up like that, it's a little bit easier to compartmentalize, because you can say, okay, well, I don't really like my job. Well, what don't I like about it? And then like, you have to decide where you want to go. So for me, I don't know, I've just always, always been very much about freedom too, and very future focused. So when I was an attorney, I was an attorney for four and a half years. And I like, I was never loving it. Like there were times where I thought, okay, now I need to transition to a different attorney job. And, you know, I was always thinking about how can this be better. And I saw so many other attorneys senior to me, whether they were a few years senior or partners almost ready to retire. And I looked at what their lives were like, and, you know, just to make sure it wasn't just, okay, this is, you know, your kind of your dues, your first couple of years. It's like, no, everyone in corporate law or a, a private law firm is, is working like this. And it just did not flow with me. So I decided to quit law, but I knew I already was being pulled that freedom too. I was already being pulled towards finance. Like I already had my blog started. I had already um, met with people and I thought that being a certified financial planner would serve me better. Like I would feel more aligned. And I really did because I really felt like I was giving back and helping people with their money. Like I love money. So it was really, it was, I want to say an easy transition in terms of the decision, 
but it was still like tremendously nerve wracking and, um, anxiety ridden to, to actually <laughs> do it. Right. You know, I just remember, Oh, like that, that feeling, but I never let fear stop me. So I never make it mean that I'm doing something I shouldn't be doing. Right. I make the decision from like this clear headspace, my prefrontal cortex, like very clear headed. All right. Don't want to do law want to do financial planning, decisions made. And then even when that fear creeps in, I make sure that I don't let it stop me and I do it anyways. And I did that in both situations. I was a certified financial planner for three and a half years, or no, I'm sorry, three years. And um, same thing. It was still, I made the decision to quit and go all in on my business, but it was still terrifying to quit. Like I was so nervous. I don't think I slept at all the week before, but I did it. And I don't really look back like other people in my life kind of bring it up. I once had a girlfriend say, you know, you don't reference your previous careers like you don't bring it up in conversation or talk about it. And it's so true. I just I just don't. I'm so future focused about like creating my future from my future that I I don't spend a lot of time in it. But I will tell you, like people in my life, family or, you know, my mom is, you know, introducing (laughs) me still as an attorney, that sort of thing. So I think other people have those attachments to it. But I really have always enjoyed um, just being focused on the future and where I'm going. And I think that's served me really well. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all in one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash ETM. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this, they release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash ETM. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash ETM for your extended 30-day free trial. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 
50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied, or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete.me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web, and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete.me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. (laughs) I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one time service, Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash E-T-M. Go to joindeleteme.com slash E-T-M and use code E-T-M for 20% off. From Foreign Policy, I'm Rena Ninen, the host of The Hidden Economics of Remarkable Women. Over the past few years, we've looked at how women around the world are changing societal norms to increase their economic power. This season, we're focusing completely on girls, how they're pushing for a brighter, more powerful future, and what the rest of us can do to set them up for success. Join us for stories about girl power, young women who are fighting for change, to give themselves a chance to live a life of their own choosing. That's season six of The Hidden Economics of Remarkable Women, wherever you get your podcasts. We've all spent more time with family lately. It can feel like old times, but your mind is on the future too, and what you can do to shape it. At Sandy Spring Bank, we work with clients to help them grow and protect their money with wealth management, trust services, and insurance so they can enjoy today and ultimately pass along their wealth. 
we believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your dreams. Visit sandyspringbank.com slash wealth. Wealth and insurance products are not FDIC insured, not guaranteed, and may lose value. I love that you say, I mean, that's like typical, like sometimes family just can't like, they can't let you live in the moment that you're in. It's always like pulling you in one direction. I've, I've certainly uh, said to my family a few times, like, no, that's not what I do. Or no, that's not what I want to do or what I am doing. Um, and, and like you, I, I find your story so, so interesting is because this year I made a really conscious decision to stop my financial planning career and to move into this whole like media world. And, um, you know, it's been an amazing year since I made that decision, but it was really filled with a lot of fear and, and anxiety, even though I knew it was the right decision. So I'm just curious from you of, of having made these kind of big transitions. What if somebody is thinking like, okay, they have an idea of what they want to move towards, but they just don't know how to unlodge themselves. What would you tell them? I would say like not knowing how to do it isn't a reason not to do it. So a lot of times we have to, we, we tend to think that we need to know the how in order to move forward and you really don't. So it's easy to just stay stuck and like in this limbo thinking that you want to make the move, but oh, I don't know how, so I'm not going to do it. And sometimes you need to just say to yourself, all right, I don't know how, but I'm going to take the first step anyways, and it's going to be scary. And that's okay. Like, I really think that not letting fear mean anything will serve you really, really well. So just because you feel afraid, or you don't know how doesn't mean that those are reasons not to move forward. And if you kind of come from that mindset, then it will allow you to take action in spite of that fear. And then, you know, act, that little bit of action will give you momentum and you'll keep going and take more action. And before you know it, you're in a new job. Wow, that's like, that's such great advice. Like if we could all just let that like sink down into our core. I mean, there's there's so many gems there. And, uh, you know, I, it feels like a lot of my podcast episodes are around, you know, what you talk about, this, this mindset piece with your money. And I, I think it's so powerful. And I keep saying this over and over again. I sound like a broken record, but I think it's it's like a missing link for for a lot of people. What has your experience been with with money and, and the powerful connection with the mindset? Yeah, it's so interesting you're bringing this up because I am like a mindset junkie. I love it so much. <laughs> I just launched a moneymindsetschool.com. It's a new course of mine and it's I launched it right now because it's been such a huge part of my journey. So when I graduated law school, I knew absolutely nothing about money. I was like in a ton of student loan debt from law school. And I was like, oh, so now I need to learn about money. So I self-taught my way, you know, blogging and then became a certified financial planner. And what I realized when I was a certified financial planner and at the same time building my business on the side, I realized that there's this, there's this mindset shift that people have when they make like a ton of money and they have a ton of money. And it's very different than the managing money mindset. And I realized when I was a certified financial planner, like, oh, I'm on the wrong side of the table. <laughs> like, like, I love knowing how to manage money. I love helping people with that. Like I, I really do. And I, I appreciate and I love that career as a good option for some people. But for me, like it was complete, like that time was complete. And my mindset was, oh my gosh, like business is so fun. And entrepreneurship is so fun. And it's, 
it's a shift in the way that you think about money. And instead of kind of focusing so much on money, like you're actually focusing on how you provide value to the world. And then money just kind of comes to you as like the report card. It's like the more value I provide to my audience. And it doesn't have to be as an entrepreneur. It can be in your day job too. It's like, I used to go into work and be focused on, oh, the eight hours I had to be there and then leaving right at five or whatever time. And then, you know, focused on the weekends and you're so focused on this like time and effort, like economy, I call it. Whereas when you shift your mindset to what I call like the value economy and you focus on how can I provide more value? How can I, you know, serve my clients better at work? How can I, you're, you know, if you work for an employer, your client is your boss, right? How can you provide more value to your boss? Cause what I realize is like, you're not actually paid for your time. Like you might think you are if you're working 40 hours, but you're really not. You're paid for what you do during that time. Like your boss is, or the company is paying you for that value. So if you come from a mindset of how can I over deliver in value, you are going to attract so much more money in your life. And will it be like in the next two weeks from this employer? Maybe not. But overall, if you become a person of value, you're going to become so valuable that you will just attract those opportunities that lead you to more money. And the same is true if you're an entrepreneur, which is kind of how I run my business now. And like teaching this is um, something I'm so passionate about because I love like helping other people realize it too. And then we're all making money and it's just wonderful. <laughs> Mindset's everything. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it's it's the dream that we all that we all want to walk into. And you know, you mentioned your blog and I know that it was one of the the powerful reasons why. And you spent a long time developing your blog, but one of the reasons that helped you walk away from your your CFP career, uh, what was that like? Did you have a moment where you're like, "Oh my gosh, like I'm making money off of really the messaging and the value that I want to provide?" Like was that shocking to you or or had you seen the progression you thought, okay, yes, like this is going in the right direction. So it's a little bit of both. I will say that I started my blog three and a half years ago and I was freelance writing and dabbling and I, you know, a little bit of money from different revenue streams, affiliate marketing or whatever. And like, I got to a point where I was making a couple thousand a month from it. And I remember thinking, I know I'm going to make six figures from this. I know I'm going to turn this into something where I make a lot of money, but there was a period of almost like a year where it just never got up between like two to 4,000 a month. And that's like not enough to quit your job. So I, I just remember feeling kind of like, okay, I know this is a business, but there was this gap between what I was making and what I knew I needed to make and, and expected to make. And that's when I really started to take it more seriously. I took some courses. I went to a conference and I will say getting around people who have the results that you want is maybe the best advice I can give you. Because what I did, I went to, gosh, it was trafficking conversion summit. And I was there around all these entrepreneurs and everyone was just like, huge businesses. They're not really bloggers that are there. And I just remember people telling me like, what do you do? Like, you're still working full time. What are you doing? Like, what, what, like, what do you do? Like, no, just quit. I was like about to, I literally had a lease from Columbus, Ohio about ready to sign. It was due the next day. I was going to sign electronically. And Lauren, who I was there with was like, no, like, no, a year lease way too long. Like, don't do it. And I, I just decided while I was in the conference was in California and San Diego, I just decided 
while I was there, I'm done. I'm quitting my job. I'm moving out of Ohio. And I did it. Um, And the reason that I did it there was because I knew that if I if I waited until I got back home to like uh, make any, take any action on it, all of that fear and comfortability would sneak back in of being in my comfort zone. So I was already out of my comfort zone around all these amazing people, hundreds, thousands of people doing it. I'm like, I can just do this. I'm just going to do it. So I turned down the lease. I um, started telling people that I was quitting. So that, that was kind of like action. Like I already put it out there. Like this is really happening. And then I just did it like pretty instantly. (laughs) Yeah, I think putting it out there is like always key. Did you learn any kind of amazing tricks or takeaways from that conference? Um, In terms of tactics, honestly, you know, there were some like um, blog strategies. I'm trying to remember, but but I think about that conference so um, sentimentally as the conference I decided to uh, quit my job at that. I think the biggest takeaway I had was to get around the people who, um, who you want the results that they have instead of, you know, it's so easy, especially like everyone wants to give you advice. And it's so funny. It's like, just take advice from people who have the results that you want. (laughs) Yeah, that's like such great advice. And, and talking about like entrepreneurs and uh, side hustlers, we have a a lot of listeners on this podcast. Obviously, that's a big millennial trend, but um, I think just by the nature of who I am, um, since I've I've been that my entire career, um, hopefully I tr- I attract uh, those those entrepreneurs as well. And you've you've obviously successfully done this, but what advice would you give to somebody who's maybe has a big goal in in 2019? They want to start a business, whether it's online or, or an actual physical business. What should they be focusing on to actually take this idea they have and and turn it into something profitable? Okay, so your question is so good. It's like you want to start a business and you want to turn it into profit. So something I teach in my blogging course, Blog with a Full-Time Job, is that the first $0 to $100,000 is all about the what and the how. It's what you are selling and how you are selling it. So everything else is just noise. <laughs> if you, It really is. And, and so many people focus on things that don't matter. You're focused on like branding and pictures and social media and like processes. But I'm telling you, from zero to 100K, maybe even to a million, it's focus on the what and the how. Just what are you selling and how are you selling it? Everything else is like secondary. I love that. That is such amazing advice. And I think I what I love about that is just the simplicity of it because I think especially with the the social media and the technology world we live in there's so many like outside disturbances and voices and different things coming at us that sometimes I found with new entrepreneurs it's just they feel so scattered and so lost that they almost don't take action at all because they they just don't even know what to do. So I love the simplicity of that. Yes, absolutely. And I know you just, you entered the the wild world, as I call it, of podcasting. Your podcast, Design Your Dream Life, is is amazing. And you're obviously uh, such a natural at, uh, you know, delivering these kind of nuggets of information. Has anything surprised you about the podcasting journey? So two things. I am very thankful that I come off, you know, quote unquote, as a natural on my podcast now. But I will say that if you and they're, they're gone now. But if, if, if the videos on YouTube were still up that I first started two years ago, 
of me talking in front of a camera it <laughs> is one of the most painful things you could ever watch. So I say that because it getting if you're starting a business or a side hustle or something online where you're going to start a podcast or anything where you're going to do video or audio, the more that you practice and then learn new strategies and implement, the better you get. It's definitely a skill that you can improve on. So you know, it, it's a little bit more natural now. And I started my podcast later in my business. So it comes off that way, but it definitely took some buildup. And I will say that the second thing is, so my podcast design your dream life is a solo cast. So it's just me like teaching. And I will say the thing that surprised me the most is like the amount of prep work. Yes. So I am yeah, naturally like, maybe I am naturally extroverted and chatty totally different ballgame when you're going on to teach something for 30 minutes or 20 minutes. Um, the outline, the prep, all of that was uh, much more time consuming, is more time consuming than I anticipated. But otherwise, um, everything is going well. Yeah. So how many how many episodes in are you now? Got, um, I have eight out. And so working on my ninth one for this week. Nice. Are, are there any, is there one that like just stands out as like, this was my favorite best episode? I really like the Massive Action podcasts, but based on my downloads, it looks like how I make money online and the um, make more money mindset are very popular so far. Yeah, that's always interesting. Like the the podcast <laughs> that I think like, oh yeah, this one's really good. And then, and then you look at the numbers, you're like, okay, so people resonated with a different one. I got the memo. Right. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll shift and adjust. I get you. I hear you. <laughs> And podcasting is just such a such an interesting thing because you're essentially we're essentially like in in separate rooms, uh, you know, having this full on conversation, you know, trying to make it feel like we're sitting across the table from each other. And, you know, I think it's just such a interesting medium. It's like, you know, we're not we're not inventing something new. We're just going back to the radio days and how people used to you know, sit around a radio and listen to, to a drama or learn something. We're, we're kind of just going back to where we were before. I love that. It's so true. Well, I feel like we could talk forever. You've got so many gems. You're, you're such an amazing, awesome, authentic person. But if you could give the listeners one takeaway of how they could design their dream life in the new year, what would you tell them? What would be, what would be their action plan? I would say imagine yourself one year from now at the end of 2019 and what is the one goal that you want to accomplish in the next 12 months? Just one, not seven, not one in every area of your life, one goal that you want to accomplish and set that goal. And then I want you to commit to taking massive action until you get it. And massive action being defined as taking action until you get that end result. So much action that you don't let the obstacles or failures mean anything. And distinct from passive action, which is the learning, the reading, the taking courses, the consuming, which is what we're all so comfortable in, whereas massive action is actually taking the action to get the result where you're producing. So set the one goal and then work backwards to set all those mini goals and take action month by month until you accomplish your goal. And the goal could be anything, right? It doesn't have to be something big like you want to buy a house, you want to launch your own business. You could have a small goal, but but as long as it's impactful in your life, that that's still a good goal, right? 
yeah, you can decide what you want your goal to be. I love this. It's like you can think and believe anything and like no one can tell you what to think and believe. It's something I teach. And the same goes for your goals. You can just pick whatever goal you want. Like it can be big. It can be small. Just do whatever you want for yourself for the next year. Yeah, I love it. Such great advice. Well, Natalie, tell the listeners where they can find you and how they can tune into your podcast. Yeah, absolutely. If you go to nataliebacon.com forward slash podcast, you'll find all of the episodes on my site, but it's also on iTunes and Stitcher and Spotify and TuneIn and all of those places. And then if you want to join my community, you can go to nataliebacon.com forward slash subscribe. And I will say the last place, a lot of people like reading like all the details of my story, which is on my site at nataliebacon.com forward slash about. Hey, thanks so much for joining us on this episode of Millennial Money. I'll be back on Friday with a fresh episode for you to check out. But in the meantime, if you love this episode and you found value in the content we share with you, I totally appreciate it. If you do me a favor, head on over to iTunes, rate and review the podcast. I promise to be your BFF for life. 